Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where we game everywhere. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. And by everywhere, we mean everywhere. I don't know if I actually mean that. Today, we're talking about gaming at work, and we're broadcasting live from the past the future we're the, broadcasting to the future from the, the past. future we're giving yes. ourselves a week off for labor day so this is uh recorded a couple weeks in the past but we want to talk about this because the, the topic came up about like how do you let your coworkers know you're a geek and how does being geeky affect your work life and it's kind of a question of like how much you let that show through or don't over time wouldn't you say yeah and it's something that we've both had diff- really different experiences with but neither of them have necessarily been negative in the way that we we I know some people have been shunned for uh letting people know that their geeks are mocked or made fun of and that's not been our experience at all I don't think I don't think that that's never happened to me I'm not sure about you I don't no, think so No no it hasn't happened to me either um I've had pretty good experiences it's definitely been interesting to see how things change going from being an employee to a manager um things are different now but let's start with like let's go back a little ways because I used to do more gaming at work, and I know that you used to do a lot of like talking to your students at work when you were a director, right? And maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah, when when I was teaching at the college, I mean, I came in, I started teaching um, freshman, I, well, freshman, I guess. I started teaching developmental English when I was 25 years old. So I wasn't really that much older than the people I was teaching. And a lot of times I was younger than the non-traditional students. And in order to, you know, one of the things like they were talking about games and I was a gamer I would just hop into a conversation because I'm I'm just talking about stuff I love and so those were with my students and that was a really good way for me to build a rapport with uh, with people what with people I didn't know and it was I made friends that way and I know people are like you don't need to make friends with your students and everything like that but there's a big difference in college students versus uh, high school students in terms of the relation I, I shouldn't say in terms of the relationships that you have but in terms of the friendships that you can form there, there there's a difference in, in terms of how that's looked on and when I started working at the learning center I was there as a tutor so I was just kind of hanging out with people who were there anyway and we would talk about the same things and as I became uh an administrator moved into assistant director and then director I didn't change that because I wanted people to be comfortable coming to me I didn't want to be the guy who they could come in and talk to about Star Wars and about Final Fantasy and all of this and then suddenly cut that off and try to be super professional and like have that boundary um a, that's not me. I'm not super professional. And B, it would it would be indicative of like me not caring about them. And I used that as a way to connect with them because that made them comfortable with me. That when we would sit and when we were we had downtime, we would play uh, Town of Salem on uh, on the computers and that's how a lot of us got to know each other at work we would you know my 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 friend austin made a tetramaster game of physical cards that we played uh together from final fantasy 9 it was a mini game in final fantasy 9 and just stuff like that where everybody knew what we did we talked mmos we talked about everything and i did that to specifically uh 
make sure that I had a good relationship with my students because even though I was their supervisor that they could look at me like a person uh, because I like the same stuff they did but that's really different from what I've heard from you in terms of being a manager in a corporate setting oh yeah it's way different because like right now I don't do much that's like outwardly geeky in the workplace. And it's not that I'm hiding it, but it's so different than like right when I started professionally um, and I worked in a marketing agency, you know, this is when I was doing like full-time video production and editing. I used to play like N64 against one of my coworkers daily that like we had an ongoing duel for years and years and years in Smash Brothers, which was awesome. Just every day we'd play and then there were times in that agency setting where there would be a group of like 10 of us that would all play an fps together during lunch like just for months at a time every lunch hour we'd all jump in the same server and play against or with each other really Usually a combination of the two so for a while we did uh just like private land server for like uh call of duty modern warfare 2 which was outdated at the time but it was still fun with the group that we had and then counter-strike global offensive came out and we all migrated to that together so we would play like every single day and um Outside of that, I also had a group that I did like gaming, like tabletop gaming with. So this is where I really got into LCGs and I've never super been into CCGs, but this is where I got into LCGs was one of my coworkers that is still a friend of mine, actually. He's super into card games in general and like all kinds of tabletop board gaming, but he's definitely a card game guy. And um, he would bring in decks like he would own every single card. He'd own like three copies of every single card of an LCG so that he could literally make any deck possible in the entire game. And he would come in with like top tier decks from global tournaments mm-hmm. that had like one right so he basically would bring in updated meta decks every week and it was amazing because i don't like deck building i like piloting yep. really well-made decks and he would come and just have a bunch and he would be trying to like test out a deck for regionals or worlds or whatever and he would just want me to pilot all of these other decks against him so he'd just hand me a freshly made deck that was top tier and say this is how it's played piloted against me and i loved that that sounds awesome to have that because i'm like you i don't really like building decks i like having something that i can play and have and i have a good time with and that was one of the things i like about lcgs in general because you don't have to collect all of the cards you just buy the expansions and they're there and so having someone who just bought all of them and did that you know out of the box would be fantastic yeah so i had uh, a period of years there that was great for being geeky at work and like my desk my edit suite they would just be covered in geeky things i had them on the walls i had them on my desk all of that kind of stuff having geeky stuff in your office like that was one thing i did like i had my office just decked out one of my students bought me a stormtrooper helmet at a yard sale like a full size like put it on uh, not stormtrooper clone trooper helmet at a yard sale and i put it on and like it was great and i had it in my office and all sorts of other stuff and when right before I left, uh, I'd never been, nobody had ever said anything about it. We got a new uh, provost and she started telling me that I needed to take that stuff down because uh, it was unprofessional and it wasn't uh, six months later that I was gone. It's like, that's not a, an environment I could be in uh, where that was specifically frowned on when other people in the college have stuff, have their personal stuff in there. Like it was, that was specifically about the, the geeky stuff, like the Ravenclaw poster I had or a framed picture I had. It yeah. Was. And, well, and like, so these days being a manager, it's definitely 
different. And it's not, like I said, I don't try to hide my geekery. Like, I will gladly talk to anybody about any geeky thing. Like, I love that. And if people are interested in it, like my employees and stuff, if they bring up, like, uh, Infinity War, right, I'll talk to them about it. Like, I do weekly one-on-ones with everyone who works for me because mm. I think that's important. Um, and I'll, I'll do a deep dive onto anything that they want to talk about that's geeky. But there's a difference when you're a manager of, like, imposing your own geekiness onto other people that I never want to do that but now I'm at the point where like if I start talking about it in a way that's like I really like this I don't want to feel like I'm pressuring my employees to have uh, to act like they like it to be able to talk to me do you know what I that mean makes, yeah that makes a lot of sense because that was something that would never come up I had students look at me like I've never seen Star Wars. You're going to fail me. I'm like, no, no. Yeah. It's, but they would all, it's always different. say it in a joking way. Yeah, it's different that's... in corporate America because, yeah, it, there's that whole thing to think about, right? Is like how I relate to other people and how people view me. And there's like there's a power dynamic thing going on there, too, that like I just never want to impose that on people. So if they bring it up, I will talk about it and I'll talk about it to death because I love it. But if they don't bring it up, I don't bring it up is kind of where I'm at right now. Um, The other thing is that like I work in an open office right now and I'm a manager. So if I had my desk covered in geeky stuff, that would say something about me as like a manager that I'm not trying to project really. Again, if I'm talking to one of our vendors or one of our clients or like one of our customers or something and they bring it up, I'll talk about it all day. Like I'm not hiding it, but I don't go out of my way to display it in the same way that I used to because it's corporate America. Like you have to present yourself in a certain way up front. That's very much like, I don't know, you know, it's dumb, but I play the game because you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, it's I know people who have like one or two things that are put on a shelf that are just surrounded by their normal office stuff where if somebody sees it, they can start that conversation. And that, I would, uh, if I had an office, that's exactly what I would do. But since I'm in an open office, I just have a desk that everyone can see all day, every day. I can't even yep, really get away can't. with that. No, like I have a friend who has just the uh, uh, back, back to the Future DeLorean Funko Pop all of that stuff just sitting around just kind of in the middle of different books and art and things like that and when people talk about it man he will he loves it so he'll talk about back to the future and funko and all of this but it's not something he'll ever just bring up on his own because just sitting off to the side in his office well and so this is one of those things that's interesting because I will, like, if I do take a lunch break, which hasn't been much lately, but when I do, if I can, like, get away from my desk and go sit somewhere, um, I'll play games on my phone, you know, like, just small games, whatever is a phone game at the moment. So, like, Fire Emblem Heroes or, you know, like, the Four Job Fiesta and JRPGs that are on my phone, I'll play those. Um, I would probably do Fortnite, but my phone isn't quite good enough for it right now. I'm probably overdue for a phone upgrade. But one of the things that has stuck in my mind was uh, when my mom was still working, she's retired now, but she said that the Kindle was the best thing that ever happened to her for reading at work. And I asked why, and she's like, because people can't see the cover of my book. And I was like, that's dumb. What do you mean? But now that I'm a manager, I 100% agree. Like, the fact that I can read on my phone over lunch and it looks like I'm just looking at my phone, no one knows what I'm reading, that is so freeing that it's crazy. I never even, I mean, I've thought of that just out in public, like when people were reading, uh, you know, smut, but I've never really thought about it when, in terms of, you know, just from a perspective of you don't want your employees to see that you're reading something uh, silly. Yeah. And, and it's dumb, 
but it's the game that you play in corporate America, right? If I didn't want to be playing this game, I could go back to freelancing or I could go get a job that doesn't involve being in an office all day, every day. But I like what I do, so I'm willing to work within the system to make it happen and to keep advancing. It's dumb, though. Like, I'll be the first to admit that. And that's why anytime anyone else brings up something geeky, I will always engage them about it because I'm not hiding it. I'm just not displaying it. And it's so different in our company because we're a huge company and we are our software, uh, Silicon Valley software tech company. I mean, their their offices are, I say there because they're the ones who are actually in the office, but our offices are in San Francisco despite having uh, a, a remote team everywhere else. It's uh, very much that kind of, even, even in Slack and when we go to conferences together, it's still that kind of Silicon uh, Silicon Valley kind of open office uh, vibe where our CEO, we had an Airbnb at a conference last year. Our CEO just was sitting on a switch playing the binding of Isaac. And we sat and like in our lifts back and forth uh, because we're not using Uber. I mean, no, we, it was a, they, we all used Lyft. And uh, while we were on Lyft, we, uh, we would talk about Brandon Sanderson books and the video games we were playing on switch and Zelda and all of this. And I wasn't the one bringing it up. Like it was, it was fantastic. Um, Every Monday we have a, a, a group meeting. We basically have our stand up on Google Hangouts. Hangouts and we uh, we like kind of talk about what the, was going on the week before and uh, my supervisor he talks about VR like he and his wife have a Vive and she's way more of a gamer than he is but he'll talk about VR and uh, what he played that weekend uh, just this week he was talking about getting his parents playing it and his dad uh, kept on trying to play more like he wouldn't do it just once he was like I got to do this better I got to figure out what I did wrong and. Uh, while we were at that same conference, uh, his wife didn't answer his calls or texts for the entire day. The, like from about 9 a.m. till I think we went out to dinner at maybe seven ish. Like she didn't answer or call him. And finally he got in touch with her. And it's because she was playing Skyrim VR all day long but she didn't take the headset off that that's what she did all day long and didn't look at her phone and it so that's really um a an easy culture for me to fit into where it's not something like we just talk about but we're not afraid to talk about it. We, uh, one of my coworkers has, uh, he had an MK2, a Mortal Kombat 2 arcade machine in, in his house as a kid. And so he and his brother got like mega good at it, like better than anybody I've ever seen. So when we went to an arcade bar, uh, after one of the nights of the conference, they had a Mortal Kombat 2 machine and he schooled everybody in that building that it was just insane. So I, I saw Mortal Kombat trilogy on, uh, on gog over christmas so i bought that for him i was like here you go play this now uh it was just stuff like that that we're comfortable with it it, it is even when our ceo pulls out a switch like that really is this like yeah i'm playing binding at isaac i just want to do this it's like cool that's that's really uh where it is but we are also not just straight up corporate america because they're silic in silicon valley doing that so it's a different different corporate culture if they didn't do that it would be weird well and part of it too is that like without getting too far into specifics the demographic of my workplace is very different than me 
like I am an outlier, even though I'm a straight white male in my 30s, like that is not what most people at my work are. And it, it it's not that it makes it harder to relate to people. It's just that people have vastly different interests than I do. Um, and there's that power dynamic thing, right? Like anybody who's at a lower level than me in the org chart, in the company, I don't want to impose, but like the right. higher you go up an org chart, the less people there are. So everybody who's like at my level or above, I know for a fact that none of them are into games because I've tried to talk to every single one about them, uh, about it, and it has never clicked. <laughs> so okay. it's like... All I need is one other manager in the company, someone at or around my level who likes games or likes the same geeky stuff I do. And then I will have like a buddy for life that I can just, you know, go and talk to at the proverbial water cooler about it. I don't have that right now. Yeah. And that's that. I mean, and I for me, that would be really hard that just not having anyone to share that kind of stuff with. But I'm very much a talker. I'm a sharer, if you didn't notice. And so I have to have somebody. I will talk to anybody about anything at any given time. And uh, so for me, that would be very hard not being able or feeling comfortable to do that. Yeah, and I'm comfortable. It's just I'm very cognizant of what it means to be a manager and how that changes power dynamics. I think I put a lot more thought into that than I think a lot of other managers do. And I don't know if I've overthought it, but it definitely influences me. Yeah, I mean, whether or not, you know, overthinking or whatever, it's not it's not been a detriment to your management style. It's not as though, you know, one way or another, there's a right or a wrong answer on this. It's just that's how you happen to handle that particular situation. Yeah. So I hope to get back to it again in the future. I mean, as my business scales up and more people get hired, there's more and more chance. But until then, I'll just make do with Slack whenever I can like sneak mm-hmm. on during the day and talk to people. I don't sneak Join very our Discord. much. But no, uh, yeah, I, I that I can't really do at work. But Slack, yeah. Slack, I can kind of keep up some days. It really depends on how my day is going. Actually, I've, I've heard that a lot from people. That's why one of the reasons we have both is that they can do Slack while they're at work. Uh, and it looks like they're working. And uh, Discord is much harder, even with it being on their phone. Yeah, that being said, I don't think I've been in our Slack channel during the day for like two or three months now because I've been so busy. You've been swamped. Yeah, I'd like to get back to that at some point, but it hasn't been recent. And it's usually just like checking in a little bit here or there throughout the day between other stuff when I need a quick five minute mental break from whatever I'm doing. Yeah, I understand. That's actually, uh, you know, gaming at work, uh, talking about that. That's actually one of the things I'm using World of Warcraft for right now is that I've had a really fuzzy head. Uh, I'm still in that kind of grieving and mourning where, you know, stuff hits me with all uh, just all the stress and I can't concentrate anymore. I can't focus for really long times. And I'll keep WoW up on a monitor right now where I'm not doing anything. Somebody on Discord made a comment uh, this morning about, yep, BJ's on WoW again, and uh, it's like, yeah, I was, because on Discord it shows, you know, playing World of Warcraft, and yeah, I was. At that point, I was actually playing it, because it was like 7.30 in the morning, but I just keep it on. It'll show I'm in World of Warcraft probably like eight or nine hours a day whenever I'm I'm on there, but I game at work to clear my head, that uh, I'll go do a world quest or something and then get back to uh, actually being able to write and think about whatever it is, what tutorial or whatever I'm putting together that day, that uh, I literally game at work uh, because it helps me do better. 
Yeah, I noticed that in freelancing too. Just being able to take like a real true break from things for like Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 minutes can make a huge difference. And unfortunately, corporate culture in America doesn't allow that. Like if I had my say, I would let all my employees do that. Like I'd encourage it, but corporate America. So yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. Um, That's probably it for the main topic today. Why don't you talk about Patreon for a little bit? So we have a Patreon, you guys, and, you know, whether you do it at work or whether you do it when you get home, you should go to geek to geek Nope. You should go to Patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and check out supporting the podcast. It's really awesome. We would really appreciate it. And you can do all sorts of cool stuff like... You can tell Void me what to talk about if you want to. Uh, Just check it out, and I hope you enjoyed my ridiculous segue. There you go. Good job. Um, On the network this week, I don't know, because we're broadcasting from the past. Um, Geekitude and Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, you should check them both out. They're fantastic. I'm sure they have released an episode this week that I will have listened to by the time you're listening to this. But, again, we're recording ahead of time, so that's all I know. Um... How about Weekly Geekery? You said you've watched The Defenders finally? Yes. We finally sat down and watched The Defenders. Uh, This weekend, we just kind of got into a mood where I know a couple of weeks ago, or for us, you know, a few minutes ago, but a couple of weeks ago for the listeners, I was talking about how we wanted to go see more grown-up movies and not the uh, blockbuster-y kind of MCU movies all the time. But this weekend, we got into the mood to actually watch the Netflix MCU stuff. And because we love the characters, there we love luke cage and jessica jones and we so we decided that if we're going to do this we're going to watch the defenders because they're in it and skip iron fist because it's it's terrible and so we started this and i really really liked the defenders like i really like the defenders i wanted to watch it all the time we're going to finish recording here and i'm going to go and we're going to start jessica jones season two tonight But the Defenders is kind of dumb. Like, it's weirdly engrossing, though, that the story has a lot of mystical mumbo-jumbo from Iron Fist, and I didn't have to know any of what happened. I've never even looked at what happened in the end of the season, and none of it mattered. Like, they they basically sum it up in that Danny Rand is kind of dumb, and he makes like dumb decisions like that's it and jennifer and i being able to just sit there and make fun of danny rand like make fun of the actor make fun of the character everything about it like we would just just giggle all the time adam just make these just snide comments and it was wonderful because he's ridiculous and super dumb and i i just it he was the worst part of the show but also we enjoyed it because we liked making fun of him, even though the story wasn't terribly well written or thought out, we wanted to know what happened. Like we were, we were engaged. And we wanted to know what they were talking about. I mean, Sigourney Weaver's in it, and she makes everything better. That I don't know if the character she was playing was any was well written or not, but. It was Sigourney Weaver, so I enjoyed watching her play that character. And uh, so we finished it up. We loved it. I did not like the end of the season, so I'm interested to see how it plays out in the coming shows that, that are that are coming out and uh that I haven't seen and that are out, I guess. But um I noticed that as it ended, that as the show ended and the final credits rolled, it said that Iron Fist season two was coming out in about three weeks. 
uh, maybe next week, depending on when you guys listen to this. Uh, could be this week. This is Labor Day week that you guys are listening to it. It might be out this Friday. So, uh, so how about that? That exists. That's Why? a thing. No. I don't know. Why? I was honestly hoping that they would kill him off in the defenders because how much fans hated the show how bad it it is and it's objectively bad like it's not even one of those where i don't even remember uh where solo like solo was one of those where you said it was fantastic and it would have been a great movie and fantastic if it hadn't been a star wars movie iron fist isn't that iron fist would not be a good show if it wasn't an mcu show it's just objectively bad television with bad acting in it and bad writing and so i was expecting them to be like okay we got the mystical hand uh story out of the way we've done everything with uh with iron fist that we needed him to do and he's dead nope Nope, they're giving him a season two. I had no idea about it until last night, and I just don't understand. I have no idea what what they're thinking, why they're not doing other shows and telling stories and telling the same story to tie in with the other shows, but not with him. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know it. either. Iron Fist two doesn't make sense to me, but I guess they're gonna do it. So we'll and I'm see. gonna watch it. I'm gonna start it because it's gonna be bad. I'm gonna watch the same amount of it that I watched for uh, season one, which is like two episodes maybe. And I'm gonna be like, nope, still dumb. And I'm not gonna watch any more of it. But I just, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> okay. Um, so this week I started getting more into World War II, which I said I was gonna do. Um, I watched a Netflix documentary, which I think was a BBC documentary, just called D-Day. That was very interesting. Mm. And then I went back and I rewatched The Imitation Game. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. I've wanted to. That's the one with, like, uh, Bambersnatch, Bumberflop, right? Yeah, it's Benny Batch. Yeah, Benedict so. Cumberbatch, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. I like that movie a lot. Um, it has a very depressing, like, po- not post-credits, but, you know, when the, the movie's over and then, like, the text scroll comes up with, like, what mm-hmm. happened after that or the rest of their life, very summarized, that's extremely depressing. But right up until that point, it's a fantastic movie. Um, <laughs> it's it's good. It's about breaking the Enigma code. Well, the Enigma, Enigma is a machine and, like, a code in World War II that the Nazis were using. And it's a about cracking the enigma essentially um it's also about inventing the computer and the father of computing with turing and the turing test and stuff like that so it's extremely fascinating um if you've never seen it even though it's kind of a war movie it's really a lot more about code bracket code breaking and encryption and the father of computers and like the first real computer that ever existed it's it's super super interesting um and then I tried watching the Pacific again, the Pacific in capital, the Pacific, um, which is the second Band of Brothers that they did. So I think it might be called Band of Brothers, the Pacific, but they always, I don't know. It's weird. It's one of those things it's hard to Google for, Um, but it's not good. Like I just, I like Band of Brothers so much and it's like one of my favorite, if not my favorite miniseries ever. And the Pacific just doesn't connect with me, which is always disappointing. Like, this is the third or fourth time I've tried to watch it, and I just can't get through it. So I kind of bounced off of that one. Have you ever tried that one? No, I've never tried either of those. That okay, is well, not. Try Band of Brothers before you try the Pacific. Oh, yeah. I've heard wonderful things about Band of Brothers, not just from you. And I have probably maybe heard the Pacific mentioned in by an actual human being three times maybe 
like it, it just doesn't get talked about and i guess that's why yeah and uh i've still been very busy at work so i've been playing dumb idle games which are dumb <laughs> i will grant you that i've been playing this one called merge plane that i just i think i finished last night i think i'm done going back to it but you get planes and you make them go around a track and every time they go around the track they make a little bit of money and then you can use that to buy more planes and then you can merge them together hence the name <laughs> and then put wow. them back on the track it is an idle game through and through, but it was fun for me for like three-ish days, which is kind of all I needed. I just keep going through one idle game after another. I'm very close to being done with the super crazy busy work to back to like normal amounts of busy. So, oh, also games are coming out soon, like games I actually care about, like Spider-Man and then all the other fall releases after that. So idle games are going to take a backseat very soon. But- I hope so. Like, like for for real. I mean, I'm not even saying that in a judgy way, but I would hope that you put away idle games when when actual games come out that you don't like these enough to to continue playing over oh, other stuff. It's just it's something that's like just enough interaction, but like my brain is dead because I've been working seventy hour weeks. That's when I play idle games. So I'm hopefully almost done with that part of the year here. Uh, but if you need an idle game, like I did, Merge Plane isn't bad. It's okay. Um, <laughs> the other thing I've been doing is I checked out Mastodon, which yeah. have you heard of this? I have. I've heard of it. I may have an account somewhere on that one, but I don't remember what it is. Like, I'm intrigued by it. And I read, I think it was Belgast. Was it Belgast? I think it was Belgast who was talking about it. And he wrote a long post about how it is a a federation, a federalized social network with islands and things like that, rather than having an overarching uh, system like Twitter, a corporation holding all of it, that they're different. It's an open source software. And it's interesting. It is. So what I put down here is that I'm intrigued, but not convinced by it. It's, It's very interesting. It's kind of like so i i've been thinking about this for a week because i knew i would talk about it on the show i think the best way to describe it is that it's like an interlinked series of independent twitters is kind of what it is in a nutshell it's the other things you said it's federated they all kind of interlink it's um an open source thing which is pretty cool but one of the things that it has that Twitter doesn't have is moderation on a local level. So you can make an account on any instance of Mastodon, and that instance kind of acts as like your home server, for lack of a better term. So if we had a geek to geek one, which we don't, but you could be BJ at geek to geek you know, whatever. It would basically be like your name within the instance. So like there's a second part of your username, that's the instance. And you can have as many accounts across as many different instances as you want, but because the system is all federated and connected, you can send messages to or follow people or look at other things from other instances, which is kind of weird. It's it's weird to get yeah. your head around. But once you do, what you realize is that like if you find a good instance of it that has moderation that you agree with and like good quality people in it, it's a really cool way to meet other people on the internet, which is not true of like any other social media platform out there because they just lack moderation and they just give everything to you all the time. And you can't hide your information from other people either. You yeah. know, like when you request to follow someone, they have to accept you. You can't just automatically see them on Mastodon. They have to accept a request. So that's something that's really different. And then you can block off entire instances. 
So if you think like this is a toxic instance over there, I interacted with one pe- person and they're going to like sick all of their other friends on me for whatever, like Twitter is kind of what I'm trying to get at here. You could block <laughs> that instance and everybody in it and everything from it from ever seeing you again or you ever having to interact with them again. So, so you could block the entire, like if you have doo-doo face at turdburglar.poop who is just the worst, They you can then block anybody from turdburglar.poop and they none of them can message you yes exactly so it's it's really weird to get your head around the structure but it's kind of trying to get back to having like smaller tribes on the internet and moderating your tribe you know to the point where it's fun to interact with those people and you can kick off all the bad actors. Yeah. And that's something like I like we talked about weeks and weeks ago, maybe months, that that's something that we did, that I did, I think you did as well, blocking certain keywords on Twitter to make it a little less toxic and a little less stressful to to actually use it to unwind. And Mastodon, I love the idea of having the islands of social because we talked about uh, how we want how that's how we met on individual blogs. That's one of the things we like about bloggist is bringing community back into it and going to different places and, and interacting with people in different places in a smaller community like discord and Slack. But for some reason, Mastodon, I don't know. There's something about it. Like you said, you're not convinced yet. And I'm like, I can't see a reason to buy in on this yet. That it's well, like so they have one of the things that's interesting because I, I put some thought into this too. There's that other social network out there that tried to be like the anti whatever because Vero, uh, Elo, is it like Elo or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah, like E L O. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? So, yeah, Elo, yeah, Elo. That was like, we're not like Facebook, but we're like Facebook. And if you look at what they were trying to do, is it's the same business model as Facebook, but you had to get an invite. Like, and it just doesn't have as many people and it hasn't taken off super well. Whereas Mastodon is distributed. It's an open source platform and it has actually been like more successful than any of the other social media startups lately outside Mm -hmm. of the ones you already know, like Instagram and like, you know, Snapchat and stuff like that. But because it's this open source, like it seems to keep growing over time and more people are using it as time goes on. And I, it might have a future. I don't know. I don't see it ever overtaking Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those ones. But I see it possibly being a really good place to have a small community of people. And you and I keep talking about that lately, which is why I got on and I started trying Mastodon. Because this kind of goes hand in hand with some of the stuff we've been talking about, about finding our community online. And I'm, I think I'm hesitant because it's strangers in these instances, it's not somewhere like going to Belgast's island. It's going to this place where they are, where just other people are that I have friends there. And for me, like I started Twitter like um, like 10 years ago. So that doesn't feel that way to me, like somebody coming new to the platform now. And it's uh, so I guess for me, it's a little intimidating just to be surrounded by strangers and starting new, you know? Yeah, I definitely feel that. And it's one of the reasons where I said, like, I'm intrigued, but not convinced. I just wanted to put it out there so that if anybody else has been feeling like I have, that they wish there were better alternatives, know that there's something out there that you could at least take a look at. You know, so Mastodon's interesting. I'll report back if I keep using it. I mean, I keep poking my head in there and seeing what it's about, but it's not 
what I go to by default, and I don't know if it will be, but it's worth checking out. I kind of is. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, and you can get to it at joinmastodon.org, and I'm actually flipping through it right now, and there are apps for the phones, which I didn't realize. I thought it was just a mobile mobile web experience or, or a browser experience, but there are four listed Android apps and two on iOS. Yeah, I have... I signed up through, for the instance that I joined through the web, and then I've only ever done anything through my phone. So yeah, the apps are pretty solid. Like the app that I use makes it feel very close to Twitter, which I'm extremely comfortable with because like right. you said, I've been there for like 10 years now. So that's cool. Oh, the other fun thing is that they're not called tweets. They're called toots. <laughs> I'm not sure if I would be able to keep my composure. <laughs> So there you go. Go check out Mastodon and toot away. Um, with that, it's probably <laughs> the end of the show. Uh, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback, or toot at us. Our email address is <laughs> geek2geekcast at gmail.com, or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast, or I don't know, maybe on Mastodon. You could toot at us someday. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we also have great discussions on Slack and Discord and maybe someday Mastodon. You can go to discord.geek2geekcast.com or slack.geek2geekcast.com to hang out with us. Um, we also, you know, we're part of a podcast network, so go to geek2geekcast.com to see all the shows. You cannot go to mastodon.geek2geekcast.com yet. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's that I stole from him. And I blog at geekfitness.net. We've been Void and Beach with your geek to geek podcast. I'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Toot toot! Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.